Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Munlicky, accompanied by Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. Welcome to week number one. Oh, it, that's music to my ears. I'm so excited. You know, this past Labor Day weekend, we had a three-day weekend, but we had some college football, which I watched a little bit, but you know, I don't love college football as much as I adore NFL football. So I'm just super excited that we got a great set of week one matchups this week. We start with Thursday night football in Los Angeles right here. I will tell you, Robert, we had to deal with 114 degree weather all weekend here in Los Angeles and come, you know, kickoff time for this Thursday, it's going to be just about triple dig- digits again. So let's get started right with the Bills and the Rams on Thursday Night Football. What are we looking at the odds-wise? Let's do odds and let's do the over-under. We'll, we'll spend a good portion of the show analyzing this one since it is the kickoff and all eyes are going to be on this potential Super Bowl matchup. So what are we looking at, Robert? Exactly. So Thursday night, it starts off with Buffalo at the LA Rams. And this game opened months ago, as all the lines did here, as we'll go over the current odds, but it opened up as a pick with a total of 52 and a half. Not much has changed to the total. It's down just slightly down to 52, but Buffalo now on the road is a two and a half point favorite alley. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to go right into this one because I already started, of course, making my picks and I was actually surprised living in LA to see how many people are siding with the Buffalo Bills on this one. And you know what? I get it. The Bills come in as favorites to win the Super Bowl, favorites to win, obviously, the AFC, their division as well. You know, we'll just go right down the line. But this is the defending Super Bowl champion Rams in their home turf kickoff. And I got to tell you, Robert, I you know, we talked a few weeks ago in the past few weeks how we love getting points with home underdogs. I got to side with the home underdog on this one. How about you? Right. Well, so, I mean, if. if you calculate a spread. The first thing I do is I, I sign a number of a, a power rank to every franchise pretty much all the way from the moment they complete the draft to everything that's up and down from free agency, free agency, as we discussed uh, during our season win total breakdowns. Uh, so I have Buffalo as the number one ranked team uh, in, right. in my power rank, not too far behind are the Rams. So on a neutral field, I put Buffalo as, as a favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, neutral field. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, LA did plenty to improve themselves. And as a matter of fact, I think they're better than they were last Great. year going into this. Yep. So, uh, you know, at home, I think the number is spot on. Uh, but any uh, any chance you're going to give me the Super Bowl defending champions at home, primetime television with, uh, you know, getting points, uh, very difficult for me to be swayed off of that position. So, uh, lean right now towards LA Rams uh, plus two and a half. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. The Rams, I think, are better than they are last season, but I think the Bills are better than last season, too. You know, they poached away linebacker Von Miller from the Rams. They upgraded their offensive line. They got a few guards from, I believe, the Titans. I think Roger Staffold, if I'm not exactly. mistaken. Yep. And David Quisenberry. But it, again, the Rams, you know, the biggest acquisition I think is Allen Robinson, the second, and, you know, he was stuck with Chicago all those years. I think kind of like when we saw Matt Stafford go to the Rams and we just saw this offensive explosion. I think we're going to see that with Allen Robinson this year. I think he's going to not put up, you know, Cooper cup like numbers, 
but he's going to be a better number two than Robert Woods was before he was injured. He's going to be a better, more reliable number two, even than Odell Beckham. I mean, when I look at this game, again, it's going to be near the triple digits. You're looking at a team from Buffalo used to playing in the cold weather. I know spring training, it was warm out. But I think this is going to be a very slow-paced game. The Heat's going to be really tough to play in, especially under those pads. And I just see the rant. I see it being a lower-scoring game. I think, you know, if you look at the total, 53, I'm siding with the under on this one. I know when you look at two offensive-minded teams, a lot of people are going to be jumping on the over. But the Bills, without question, I think had the best defense in the league. The Rams, I don't think, are too far behind. You know, between Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, they have some playmakers. So for me, Robert, I love the under as well as I love the Rams covering. What are you thinking about for the total? Great point. Uh, at, at 52, there really wasn't much of a sway one way or another. So I, I felt that the number was set correctly. Uh, the, the small shade towards the under over the last 48 hours, mm-hmm. maybe, as the temperature has just been so brutally difficult. I, I mean, look, Depth is going to matter an awful lot. You could expect an awful lot of people, you know, sucking wind and hopefully not pulling too many of their hamstrings and tendons. But that's typically what happens early in the year when heat gets so high. Right. So, uh, yeah. And like, as you mentioned, we've seen all the preseason games and Allen Robinson, I think is he's poised to have the best season of his career, not even as the number one, but as the number two wide out uh, on, on the franchise that he's playing for. But I think he's going to have the best season of his in- of, of his entire career. I, I honestly think that with the number being what it is, the total set perfectly fine. Uh, you know, again, to get plus two and a half at home right now makes the most sense, especially for a team that's improved off of a season, uh, a season where they won the championship alley. Yeah. And I don't think we could ask for a better matchup Thursday night football. I mean, you know, I, you can argue, yeah, a rematch of the Super Bowl. But Bengals and Rams wouldn't be the same thrilling excitement on Thursday night than Bills and Rams. So I'm truly looking forward to that. So both. All right. We started in agreement on our first one. We both like the Rams. We both like the under. So before we rattle down every game, you know, because Robert and I, we were just talking before the episode. We could talk about these games probably in a whole eight hour day and not get tired of it. So we are going to analyze just key games and then we'll go through at the end. Uh, the rest of the spreads and what we like. And I wanted to start for the Sunday games, Robert, which this is a matchup from, you know, when we were doing our show and Baker Mayfield got traded to the Panthers, you and I both looked at the schedule and we saw Browns Panthers week one. And, you know, the football gods couldn't have blessed us with another great matchup like this. So let's start with the Browns and the Panthers. Obviously Baker Mayfield, leaving the Browns in the offseason. He got traded to the Panthers after the Browns acquired Deshaun Watson. Watson, as everyone knows, is serving an 11-game suspension, so he will not be playing. Jacoby Brissett will be starting for the Browns. So, Robert, what are we looking at right now in terms of, you know, who's favored, what's the spread, and the total? All right, exactly. And so, uh, obviously, much has changed from when we opened up these lines months ago. But today, as we look at it, pretty much everywhere across the board, Carolina is – uh, two and a half. There's one two out there. So two and a half point favorite over Cleveland with a total. Uh, some 42s looks like now they're starting to creep down to 41 and a half alley. Yeah, yeah. This is a game where you know my gut instinct from the second Mayfield was traded was I'm hopping all over the Panthers, and I know a lot of people are hopping on the Panthers, but this is just a gut feeling of mine. I can't, I, you know, I'm not going to get too 
in depth in why I like the Panthers. Other than that, it's Baker Mayfield. This is a guy I've watched from the beginning of his college career that no one plays better with a chip on his shoulder than Mayfield. He has a lot to prove, Robert. You know, he had a disappointing 2021 season. I think you could attribute a lot of that to his shoulder injury, even though a lot of people will. He dealt with the Odell Beckham Jr. drama. Then he had a deal in the offseason, which with his team basically, you know, just shoving him aside and, and getting a better quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So now he goes to the Panthers, who, you know, it's not just Baker playing for, you know, a contract after this season, but Matt Rule is playing for his job. So I think that anything short of a win in Carolina week one would be an utter disappointment. What do you think? No, I, I, I would agree with you as well. And the way I broke down these two teams, they're almost identical right. uh, in the bottom. Uh, I want to see the bottom quarter of, of my list of franchises. So with, with that being said, uh, you know, if we had to break down when we were looking at the lines initially, I would probably think Carolina catching the points which is what I opened up the uh, the matchup at, you know, some time ago right. would have been uh, pretty, pretty impressive. But now as I'm looking at the, the points where, I mean, Allie, you know, Cleveland's offense might, might have a problem, but right. the defense is still pretty darn good. Yeah. You know? And so with, with that being said, catching two and a half looks like the right play to me here. Okay. Here's our first disagreement of the day. <laughs> No, listen, you know, I, I really I'm, I don't like how many people are jumping over the Panthers because this has been one of my favorite picks weeks ago, even before Deshaun Watson got suspended again. Like I'm a Baker Mayfield fan, and this is a case where when it comes to betting, you know, it's just one of those things you could throw all the trends at me. You could throw all the analysis at me, but my gut's telling me Carolina so I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go against everything I believe in, which I love betting against the public. I guess I'm going to side with the public on this one. I, You know, week one, I take as many points as I can get with some teams. I'm not going to take the points here. I mean, I look at Baker teaming up with DJ Moore, who I think is going to be a top 10 receiver come the end of the season. I see a healthy Christian McCaffrey. And then I look over to the Browns and, you know, I just don't see Jacoby Brissett, you know, being as electrifying. I don't see him putting up numbers on the board. He does have great talent around him. You know, you look at Nick Chubb, but as you mentioned, the Browns having great defense, the Panthers have one of the most, I think, underrated defenses in the NFC. So I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I will take the under on this one, but I think the Browns lose by a touchdown. Tell me I'm wrong. I am going to uh, do the following for you, Ellie. <laughs> Very gentle golf clap for, for laying points in week one. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough. Listen, I, I'm looking at my pick'em leagues. As you know, as soon as the lines are ready yesterday, I jumped on. I'm in uh, three different pick'em leagues and started making points. I mean, started making my picks. And I only have uh, like five favorites covering you know, out of the 16 game slate this weekend. And every I had a few friends say, you you only have five favorites? I'm like, I'd rather be more wrong on on favorites than more than missing the underdogs. So the Panthers are one of my few favorites I am picking. So don't think I'm abandoning uh, underdogs altogether here, Robert. No, 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 absolutely not. And I suppose we will continue to break down a couple more games, but just a couple of thoughts on underdogs. Yep. Uh, I can't. I, I just back when I used to wager, there was no way. Like my default setting is give me all the plus I could possibly yep. get. And more so than ever, underdogs have covered the spread in, in more games than favorites. Now, Allie, in four consecutive seasons. 
they pulled off almost wow. 100 outright upsets last year, right? So wow. dogs won nearly 37% of games during last year's 18-week regular season. Uh, you know, and that, you know, the first ever week 18 featured six upsets. So this is outright wins, you know, but even without those 2021 was one of only like five regular seasons in the past 20 to feature 90 plus outright upsets. Wow. With that being said, uh, onwards dog onward. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, before we move on and keep going with the picks, you know, I'll capitalize on that. I, I, you know, there's so many people that just looking at the schedule, you know, they, they'll, they're going to just look, they're going to see Ravens jets. I'm automatically taking it in the Ravens. They're going to see Colts Texans automatically taking the Colts. Listen, if you're getting a touchdown, take those points. I mean, there are so many different scenarios where your underdog is going to end up cover. Even if it is garbage time. I mean, a favorite could be winning, you know, let's just real quick side note, you know, Ravens jets Ravens could be running by three touchdowns all game. And then they allow, you know, two garbage times touchdowns, their backups do to the jets. There goes your cover. So, you know, take, take as many points as you can get. And you don't know what these teams are just because experts tell you that a team like the Ravens or a team like the Colts are going to be good. And a team like the Texans or the Jaguars or the jets are going to be bad. That doesn't mean they are. I mean, I don't think anyone picked the Bengals to even have a winning record last season, let alone make it to the Super Bowl. Am I wrong? No, you're not. Uh, it's absolutely the way it was broken down at the start of the year. They they figured they would improve on the year, but uh, I would count on one hand the number of people that I spoke to that said they would make noise in the playoffs, much less, uh, you know, make it as far as they did. Yeah. So here we go. We have our first disagreement, then the Browns and the Panthers. So let's move on to the Patriots and the Dolphins. Now, when we did our AFC, I believe, yeah, AFC East preview, we both dis- we both agreed that the Dolphins were a little more overrated than the majority thought this season. We disagreed on the Patriots. I was a little higher on the Patriots than you were. I like their season win total over. You like their under. Now we got these two teams week one. All both have different makeup, obviously. You know, Devontae Parker, he switched jerseys. He's now playing with the Patriots. Josh McDaniels is gone. He's no longer the offensive coordinator. He's with the Raiders now. If you look at the Dolphins, they have a new head coach in Mike McDaniel. They have um or Matt McDaniel, one of those names. They have a new receiver in Tyreek Hill, who they got the coveted Chiefs wide receiver. So this is this is a lot of new makeup for these two teams, and they're playing in Miami. And Miami, I believe, but I'll let you 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 know give us the exact points. But I believe Miami's a three and a half point favorite. So Robert, what are we looking at for the the spread, and what is the total? Correct, right? So months ago, the Dolphins opened as a three point favorite with a total set to forty four and a half. Today, uh, literally about an hour before we uh, we went live today, Ali. Uh, the Dolphins, who were sitting closer to two and a half pretty much everywhere uh, with, you know, everyone grabbing some Patriots plus three. Well, you know, those that are back in the Patriots can grab a whole lot more because we had a significant line move. And everywhere you look right now, the Dolphins are three and a half point favorite with the total set to uh, mostly 46s, some 46 and a halves. So uh, a bump up on the total uh, and a pretty big, big play now on the Miami Dolphins, who are now on three and a half point favorite alley now like i said the like i'm going every every against everything i believe with with when i'm back in the panthers i'm going everything that i believe with 
backing the Patriots because the public loves Miami. This is a team that's coming as a highly touted team. A lot of people are picking them to make, you know, a deep playoff run, let alone just win a wild card position. I love the Patriots right here, Robert. This is actually in my one confidence pool, my best bet of the weekend. I love Bill Belichick getting three and a half points in Miami against a rookie head coach against a quarterback that just can't seem to say to stay healthy. You know, you lose a defensive-minded head coach in Brian Flores. I think that the Patriots not only are going to cover this game, but I think they win outright. What about you? Allie, <laughs> you just I, – I, I look at it, I'm just saying to myself, these are two teams that are identical in, in terms of power rank. Now, right. I could see and understand why there was a, a big play on Miami – as Belichick right. finally had to reveal uh, a little bit of from from his injury report, and it looks like we're going to have, uh, well, I mean, they're not key contributors, uh, but we know that we're going to be without some key players. Ronnie Perkins, he's now on the IR as of nine fifteen Pacific this morning, mm-hmm. uh, so that there's undisclosed injury, so he's going to be out for the game. Joe Duran Williams, cornerback, is out for the season, uh, and if obviously you know what. Um, uh, uh, Tagovailoa is going to be playing with, you know, he's going to be right. throwing an awful lot. Cornerback problems there for New England as well. Um, Thornton, Wilkerson, uh, two wide receivers that will definitely be out for this weekend as well. Now, Ty Montgomery uh, is questionable as he sprained his ankle as well. So that's probably the reasons why we're seeing it moving all the way up to three and a half. Big number, uh, maybe too big a number. I'm, I'm kind of confident in the, the three and a half being what it's going to settle in. Uh, so I honestly think the three and a half is just enough for New England to stick around with. I'm going to be with you and I'll take the three and a half uh, with the New England Patriots on Sunday. Yeah. And that half point, I'm telling you, Robert, we talked about half points a few episodes ago, but that makes such a big difference. Like this is a game, even if the Patriots don't win outright, you know, I'm not going to bet them outright week one. I always just take points, you know, why, why risk the money line in some situations but that like this is a game where i look at i'm like it's a field goal game it like it, it just has all indications that this is a division rival game this is like two teams that know each other very well i just i see it no matter what i think you know you're looking at a last minute field goal that you know whether it puts miami over the top or the Patriots over the top that half point's going to indicate that if it's a field goal game the Patriots are going to cover so I think this is like one of your one of my best bets. How about you? I would probably lean towards uh, a tepid selection on it. Uh, I would probably even look at again. You're absolutely right. The, the yep. hook does play in you know pretty significantly. Uh, Miami at home. Let's not forget exactly what we're going to be seeing. We're talking about temperatures in LA. Miami right. isn't going to be any fun either. We might see uh, you know quite a bit of humid weather on that day. And so depth is going to really play into it. If I'm forecasting this right, it looks like we're going to have a a very good chance of thunderstorms pretty much all Sunday in Miami. Uh, That being said, a little bit of a slower track. Points does that. I think the points do make sense here, Ali. Plus three and a half for me. That will be the only lean. Yeah. I don't really have a good feel for the over under in that one. That's something I'm just not going to, really have a take on but all right well we got another one we agree on so let's move over to the Packers and the Vikings now when we had our CEO Mark Thomas on a few weeks ago when we were previewing the NFC North you know he basically said he could see the Packers losing 
this game. You know, in Minnesota, it's a division game. We still we don't know what we're getting yet with Green Bay's offense with the wide receivers. And I gotta say, I agree with him. So, Robert, you know, before we get more into it, what is the spread looking at now and the over under? Today, uh, our point spread sits exactly where it was for months and months. Green Bay still a one and a half point favorite with a total forty seven out. Yeah, and you know, again, this is a division game. It's, you know, I think that the Packers are, you know, a tad bit better right now than the Vikings, but it's in Minnesota. It's week one. We still don't know what we're getting with the Patriots, with, sorry, with the Packers offense. I really like Kirk Cousins this year. I really like the Vikings as a whole. I think getting Kevin O'Connell from the Rams is just going to bolster that offense even more. For me, I think that the Vikings are a very underrated team coming into the season. I think that they'll lock in, you know, probably the top wildcard position, in my opinion. So I'm all over the Vikings. You know, again, this is one of my better picks of the weekend. You know, I'm not ready to say it's my lock of the week yet, but it's one of my favorite picks. I love the Vikings to win outright. What about you? <laughs> for, all, for all the reasons that you you went with Minnesota, I can tell you right now in my ranks, uh, Green Bay, number three in the okay. entire NFL for me. I've got them as the third best franchise right behind Buffalo and Kansas City. Okay. I think that they're going to look at uh, turning Lazard into the new Devontae Adams. Uh, yeah. and honestly, with the way everything's going to play itself out, uh, we'll look back a week from today, Allie, and say, how are the Packers less than a field goal favorite? Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean... <laughs> This is another one where it's like, you know, I, I mean, Robert, what are we looking at? How many, what's the the lean? Like, are we seeing more p- people back in the Packers or the Vikings? No, right now we actually have um, a lot of more tickets invested on Green Bay. Uh, the money is kind of close. Uh, okay. Far more tickets on Green Bay minus one and a half uh, than on Minnesota. Yeah, see, this is just, a, this is, again, this is just one of my trends that I like. I, I you know, I'm going against the, I'm bucking the trend. I'm going against what everyone else is seeing. You know, I can understand Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But, you know, this is, you know, as good as the Packers are, Robert, you know, they're not going undefeated this season. They're not. So if there was going to be a trap game, you know, we saw last week, week one, when they just got blown out by the Saints on a neutral turf in Jacksonville. You know, they were just not, they didn't just show up for that game. So, you know, I, would I be surprised if the Packers win in Minnesota? No, I won't. But in this, in this case, I just think that it's the, you know, these two teams, they usually split the series when they play each other. You know, each team gets a win. And if it, this was in Green Bay, forget it. I'm all over the Green Bay. But in Minnesota, I just feel like I need a side with the home team. Again, points. You know, maybe Minnesota doesn't win outright, but this could easily be a one-score game. I mean, a one-point game. And in that case, I'm going to take the plus that I get with the Vikings. Hold me down for the other way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, no, we got to disagree on some. I mean, we all can't be perfect week one. But yeah, no, this is, I think this is one of the more interesting games I am looking forward to see because, you know, I do get the package. I, I do get all the games, even though I end up watching NFL Red Zone, but I can guarantee you I'll be watching a lot of the Packers and the Vikings because I am interested to see what the Packers offense is going to look like. I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. So again, we, you know, we're getting really good matchups week one. 
And we'll move to another really great matchup. And it's actually the last matchup we saw of the regular season last year in that crazy Sunday night game, Raiders and Chargers, you know, what was it? You know, just overtime, Raiders kick a field goal as as time expires. I think that was one of the best games I've ever seen regular season-wise in my life. That was so exciting. So now you got the rematch, Robert. What are we looking at for odds and the total? Yeah, this is, this is a game where I feel that the number has been set and kind of sat there the whole time. Really not much of a difference from when we opened at the Chargers today. Three and a half point favorites, total 52. There is a couple of threes out there that you'll have to pay uh, quite the premium on. So some threes, 320s, 325s. Uh, but three and a half is the uh, the current odds on the Chargers uh, with a total set to 52, Allie. Here's one of my few favorites I'm going to take, and I'm taking the Chargers. I mean, I picked the Chargers to win the AFC West. I think that they're going to be the best team in that division in the regular season. I'm not you know, prepared to say they're going to have a deep playoff run. But this is a game where, you know, you got to expect, Robert, that those Chargers players are just going to be smelling blood when they see the Raiders come to their home turf. You know, I'm sure they still have that sour taste in their mouth from last season where the Raiders, you know, if they actually just let time expire in overtime, both those teams end up making the postseason. But the Raiders, you know, they risked having a botched snap. They risked, you know, having a missed field goal that would get returned for a touchdown. And they destroyed all of the Chargers playoff hopes. So if this is not the ultimate game of revenge, Robert, I don't know what is. What do you think? Uh, that's no doubt they're thinking about that. And I'm hoping that they did all the steps necessary to get themselves healthy and improved going into this year. Uh, that being said, I think that the Chargers are one of the most improved teams in the entire league. Uh, and for that, I've got them ranked number five overall in the entire NFL. Uh, Vegas, uh, right there in the kind of the middle of the pack. I've got them as the, you know, uh, a zero score um power ranking so i've got them uh, sort of kind of right there in the middle um a couple of good steps and a little bit of luck they can make it into the playoffs i don't think that that's really in the cards for them this year though based on just how incredibly talented that entire division is uh some injuries that have been released early this morning um mccormick's going to be hitting the ir for the raiders not really much of a factor there uh, Kaiser's out for the season, Parker out for the season, Jordan Jenkins, of course, out for the season, uh, and Tyler Lancaster, uh, defensive lineman, also uh, on the IR. Um, Chargers, really, uh, one thing that jumped out for me this morning was Derwin James is questionable as he mm. injured his shoulder, but I don't think that he's going to be uh, withheld. It's just uh, something that they're probably going to limit him in practice before the game on Sunday. I mean, Allie, if you, if you break down how the point spread looks, their home, ah, LA, I, I don't really give that much of a home field advantage. There's a few places that I discount it, some places that I, uh, you know, charge a premium to, and not so much of a home field for, you know, LA, you know, especially with the Chargers. Uh, I just think that the numbers set right, and I do think the Chargers do cover the spread here. All right, we got another agreement. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that, you know, besides the motivation factor, I think the Chargers are just overall the better team. I think the Raiders are actually just getting too much hype because they got Devontae Adams. I mean, that's a team that needed a lot more help than just, you know, a star wide receiver. I'm curious to see how Josh McDaniels does again as a head coach. We saw his tumultuous run with the Broncos his first time around. 
So for me, I'm just going again. I like the home team here. I like I like that they did upgrade a lot. They have Khalil Mack, you know, in their linebacking core now. They have they have you know Isaiah Spiller as a backup running back to Austin Eckler. I think that they just have all the weapons they need on offense. And I'm gonna lean with the over on this one too. It's gonna be a lot cooler on Sunday in Los Angeles than it will be on Thursday. I mean, you're looking at something like a 25 degree difference. I think maybe not that much. Maybe it's about 20 degree difference. But still, you know, if you would you rather be playing in 100 degree, 101 degree weather, or 81 degree weather. So there's a big difference there. And I don't think we have to spend too much time on this one. If there's a favorite I like this weekend a lot, it's the Chargers. And even though we were just talking about in the Patriots game, that half point could come back to bite me three and a half. I think the Chargers win very comfortably here. I mean, is there any much, anything else you want to add for this one, Robert? No, no. I mean, just if we just take a look at the ticking count, it's it's kind of square right down the middle. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, we've got a you know quite a bit of, of West Coast influence on on the ticket count, but of course, being in Nevada, uh, you know, we're going to have Raider bets no matter what the point spread is. So um, kind of equal right down the middle. Um, I, I probably still take a look at. Uh, everything as it plays itself out, Ali, three and a half, pretty darn good number. I, I do think the Chargers do get the cover. All right. We're going back and forth with these agreements. I like it. <laughs> so let's let's move on to another exciting one. Uh, we got on Sunday Night Football. It's a rematch, actually, of week one, the week one opener last year, and that's the Bucks and the Cowboys in Dallas, you know, Bucks, obviously one of the most talked about teams of the offseason. Brady retired, then he unretired. Rob Gronkowski retired. Bruce Arians moved up to the front office, made way for Todd Bowles to take over as head coach. You know, Robert, let, let, before we go even further, what are we looking at for the spread here? Yeah, and of course, so, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks on the road, a two-point favorite, the total set to 51. Okay, so here's the thing. I, I don't like laying points to to home teams a lot i i don't i'm not using my giants bias in this robert by any means but i mean i I just i gotta go with tom brady and the bucks what about you yeah it's gonna be difficult for i mean even with the line being out for so many so many weeks Allie. i mean now we're seeing as of this morning you know michael gallup still doubtful sunday uh you know he's he's their key you know, wide receiver one, uh, you know, James Washington, we already know he's on the IR. He's right. going to be out. So not much for Dallas to throw to. I mean, you're not going to see vintage, uh, uh, Zeke, you know, he's, he's not going to be able to go ahead and, and just cover up all of the carries and all of the yards. So, you know, the running game and Elliot's not going to probably do it here. Um, it, this does look like it's really leaning uh, up very well for Tampa in their opening game, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Tampa in this situation. I just think that, you know, even with Todd Bowles as head coach, this is Tom Brady's team. Like, Let's be honest. Tom Brady runs the offense, and Todd Bowles was the right guy to have a head coach because it's like, you know, keep your defensive guru within the team. He probably would have got a job elsewhere if they didn't promote him. And just let Tom Brady run the offense. I don't think there's anyone better right now, player-wise. Maybe you could throw Ann Rodgers' name into the next – but Brady Brady's going to have this offense, you know, just running like clockwork. Yeah, whether or not Godwin plays, I know he's still up in the air. He still has Mike Evans. You have Leonard Fournette. 
this is a team that they're going to find a way to score points. And when I just look at Dallas, you know, give all the credit you want to, to Kellen Moore and that Dallas offense. But when I've watched them, Robert, in the past few seasons, when they play elite defenses and Dak Prescott shuts down, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, he gets his points when he beats up on bad teams, like in his own division, the Giants and the Commanders. But I've seen him play against elite defenses and just and just falter. I mean, we saw in the playoff game last year against the Niners, Dallas couldn't score that whole first half. And the Niners had some defense. And I don't think the Bucs are that much worse than the Niners defense. I mean, you, you got some key signings they had this offseason they had called they got Carl Nassib we were talking about him a few weeks ago but for me I just think that this is a game where it the hype's going to be on the Cowboys you know it's going to be in Jerry world but in the end Tom Brady's just going to come in unfazed and walk away with a victory what else do you think I think it's it's really the only thing that I'm concerned about for Tampa and their entire season is what we saw happen towards the end of last year their offensive line uh, alley. Right. Yeah, I, I'm really concerned about that. That's where there probably is their biggest weakness. And again, uh, the, the report that came out a couple hours ago, uh, guard Stinney's going to be out for the year. Uh, Hainsley, he's a backup offensive lineman. He's on the IR. He's going to be out. Leverett, uh, guard, he's out. Ryan Jensen, of course, we know how important he is at center. He's out. So, <laughs> uh Hope that uh, Tom Brady sure knows his cadence right and gets the ball out of his hands in a real, real hurry. That being said, it's still overall, you know, the, the far better uh, two teams of, of in this particular matchup, Alley. And I, I still would lean towards Tampa getting the victory here. Yeah, and they did lose Alex Kappa in the offseason too, which was a big blow to yep. their offensive line. So I, I, I hear you on that one. It does, you know what? That doesn't phase me as much because Tom Brady is better than anyone at getting rid of the ball quickly. And I know that they're going to be pass rushing him. You know, I'm sure Micah Parsons is going to be ready to to expand on his dominant rookie season. But I I think Tom Brady knows how to scheme, and people underrate still Leonard Fournette. I mean, there is going to be a lot of quick drops to him, screen passes to him to get rid of the ball they're just going to establish a game plan early and I don't know if Dallas's defense is going to be ready to adjust to that so the offensive line why they do have some injuries I'm not too worried about it but I can see I can see your point that being said I, I'm still backing the bucks on this one so what is that we're what are we three three agreements or and two disagreements on this one so far getting close with just a few games left yeah so let's Let's go to one I obviously, for both of our bias reasons, wanted to highlight before we rattle off the next the next set of, of uh, games. And that's obviously the New York Giants taking on the Tennessee Titans. We got the Giants, which who had a very good preseason. You know, I don't want to jinx too much, but I was very impressed with the team during their preseason. You've heard nothing good but good things about Saquon Barkley at training camp. You know, some of the receivers, not so much good things like Kenny Galladay, but their rookie Wendell Robinson really turned heads in some of his games. The defense looks great. Robert, I mean, again, bias aside, but I like the Giants to cover in this game. And I don't want to get my hopes up too much, 
but I could see a potential W. So before we go on to that, because I'm getting excited already, what are we looking at for the odds? Right. So as we take a look at how Tennessee season begins, they will open up at home and they're going to be a six point favorite over New York. Uh, the total set to 44, a couple of 43 and a halfs. But uh, yeah, Tennessee, two field goals better, Allie, than the New York Giants. Yeah, I listen, I'm coming in the season as a New York Giants fan with being cautiously, cautiously optimistic. We said it when we talked about their over under, you know, I'm not going to put them over the seven win mark that their over under signifies this year, but I really like them in this matchup, Robert. I really, really do. I think that what I saw in the preseason, I think if you give, if Saquon Barkley's healthy, if that offensive line holds up and gives Daniel Jones some time, you know, the Titans are a team that I, I think you could, you could look at every team in the NFL there's not a team that got worse in their offseason than the Tennessee Titans based on that they were a number one seed last year. So, I mean, Robert, am I wrong to think that the Giants are going to cover on this one? No, I, I don't disagree with you. Uh, I, I would probably think that despite the ticket count, which is 95% heavy on Tennessee right now, uh, I'm actually starting to think maybe a, a six and a half might start to bring in some, some NYG money. I, I just don't know if, if that's going to be enough, I mean, we're looking alley at at you know quite an intense injury list for both for, for both teams, right? But uh, yeah, and and um, as I'm looking at it, I think that these two teams are pretty equally matched. I'm not as high as Tennessee uh, as some Tennessee fans are, and so I think that New York probably does get plus six. Yeah, I mean, you look at Tennessee too. Just lost their top, you know, linebacker, their top pass rusher, Howard Landry, for the year earlier this week. So, you know, this is again, I like the, I love the under on this one. I don't, I still don't think the Giants are a scoring threat yet. But you know, if Saquon Barkley could go back to even close to his rookie form, you know, just give him the ball, let him run. It's going to be, you know, a slow paced game where they're just going to keep running the ball. They're going to use Daniel Jones to throw some screen passes. I just, I really like the Giants, you know. I I like them even to win outright. I'm not going to bet them to win outright when I get six points. But for me, I just look at these two teams and I don't see Ryan Tannehill, you know, having the offensive weapons he's used to. You know, A.J. Brown's not there anymore. Robert Woods isn't the same guy to replace him. They do have some promising young wide receivers, but... I don't think they're ready to step step uh, step up yet. And, you know, Derrick Henry, too, coming back from injury. I don't know what the Titans' plan with is with him. You know, are they going to be a little more cautious with him? Probably not. I think he'll still get the same workload. But, you know, Ryan Tannehill, you know, he's not looking at A.J. Brown or Julio Jones anymore. He's looking at Robert Woods. He's looking at Traylon Burks, the rookie. I just I, – I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. And, you know, the Giants are going to make a game out of it. What what else do you have to add for that one? Ali, you know, I think our listeners probably saying, man, is there any way that they could give us a little bit of insight as to who I should take in, you know, the survivor pool that I might be in? Probably <laughs> circling Tennessee pretty long. And now I don't think that we're giving our, our listener, you know, quite a bit of confidence in this. I mean, you just hearkened just a, a minute ago that you might even think that New York has an outside shot at winning this game. And yet yeah. uh, all, all metrics are pointing towards Tennessee as one of the most popular survivor picks 
in any poll in, in week number one. Uh, well, you know what they say, never take the most popular uh, survivor uh, uh, pick. Because uh, <laughs> that one ends up knocking everyone out. Well, okay. I think that's uh, as, as good a tip as we can possibly give, especially in week number one. Yeah, we'll get to the survivor picks real quick. And I wrote my top five survivor picks. And believe me, Tennessee is not on there. This is a this is a team. This is a game where you know your public betters are gonna look. They're gonna think that Tennessee number one seed last year, Giants, probably one of the worst teams in the NFC last year. Oh, this should be a lock. Listen, crazy things happen in week one. Crazy things, and they're not so much an indication of the season as a whole. But you know, this is a week where no one knows what they're going to get for the most part. So just because you look at their track record, you know, take into account the giants say what you want about them, but they're improved from last season. I don't know how improved, but they're improved. The Titans, they're much, they're, they're, they're degraded from last season. You know, they lost a lot of guys, a lot of great playmakers, and they already entered camp, you know, with the disgruntled Ryan Tannehill, who wasn't happy that they drafted his replacement. You don't know how he's going to perform with that chip on his shoulder. So, you know, this, you know, buyer beware is all I got to say, Robert. Uh, I've got to say oblong ball, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Chaos, chaos. That's what I'm ruling for. Hey, that's that's why, you know, that's why I go with my underdogs. But before we get into survivor picks now that we're on the topic, yeah, let's quickly rattle some of the other games. So let's go to. Indianapolis and Houston. I know this is probably one of the biggest spreads of the weekend. So what are we looking at, Robert? That's absolutely a good point. This game actually was as high as nine uh, for the Colts on the road in Houston, who uh, many are targeting as the absolute, you know, Houston's, you know, I, I even, even in my ranks, I've got Houston, you know, dead last to rank number 32. So uh, a big, big jump on the points, however. And now everywhere we see uh, Colts are only a seven point favorite. Only. Uh, they're still the largest favorite on the board right next to San Francisco, but we've got uh, the Colts seven and the total 46, Allie. Yeah, and my pick'em leagues actually, our spread's locked yesterday, so I get the Texans at eight and a half. And this is a game where the minute I saw the spread, you know, I'm high on Indy this year, but the minute I saw eight and a half, was, I was like, I'm taking the Texans. Texans at home, division division game. There's not much more I want to say. You know, I know the Texans probably are going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft this season, but when it comes to covering week one, I, I love the Texans in this play right here. How about you? Yeah, no doubt. I think with uh, the even even at seven, I still think that the number is good. Obviously, nowhere near as the CLV that you got, you know, above and beyond a touchdown. Uh, but if uh, if you made me make a selection right now, uh, Houston plus seven is the correct pick. All right. Well, let's go to another one where, you know, we're going to see two second year quarterback quarterbacks duke it out. I know a lot of people in your area are high on the 49ers and Trey Lance this season. A lot of people in Chicago are just bracing for the, the worst. I think that they think they're going to get the season. You know, you have Justin Fields as quarterback, but this is a team that lost a lot in the offseason with with the Bears. The Niners, you know, they there really wasn't too much difference in their offseason other than they basically told Jimmy Garoppolo he's not starting. So what are we looking at the spread for this game, Robert? Uh, Chicago at home catching a full touchdown. So San Francisco seven-point favorite. Total pretty much everywhere, 41-and-a-half, Allie. Yeah, I mean, that total is a low, 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 low number. 
And, you know, I know that Vegas is begging you to take that over when when they put something that low. But I'm going to stick with the under on that one. Robert, you know, I said it when we had the Bears preview. I just don't see how the Bears are scoring this season. They have, I think, according to the power rankings, the worst offensive line in in the entire National Football League. I think Justin Fields against the Niners defense is in for a long day. I think he's going to get sacked five or six times easily. I think he's going to be forced to make some errors. I think you're going to see a lot of turnovers. Those who play fantasy out there, the Niners, I think should be your top defensive play. Robert, I know that seven, we just talked about Indy and the Texans. That is a high number, seven points you're giving to a home team. But for me, I don't think that number is, is high enough. I think that the Niners win comfortably. Then we're going to start hearing clamoring for Trey, Lund, Trey Lance as MVP, even though he's going to ah. up. Uh, as um, one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, what do you think? Going to be hearing. I've been hearing it all summer. Long, <laughs> That's right? true. <laughs> I mean, so, okay, let's harken back to the preseason game when they played. Chicago played Seattle. Chicago yeah. was already struggling. I mean, it was against Seattle, and Seattle's they're, they're a bottom-rung team as it is. If they're struggling against Seattle, what's going to happen when they host San Francisco? Yep. All right. That being said, with the total, as you said, the total being so low, it's at the 41 and a half, or even 41 in some places. Eh, correlated, but not quite. If the toll is that low, catching seven does seem really appetizing. I think that if there was a play here, it would be on Chicago, but tread so lightly. Yeah, this is like a game, you know, I'm basically picking the Niners for my pick em purposes, but that's about it. Like, like it just, I think the Bears are that bad that I just can't back them in my pick and pool. And I'd rather be proved wrong on this one. But when it comes to betting, you know, this is a game where I'm just going to steer clear from, like, I don't want anything to do with either side because just as good as I think that the bears are going to fold on and fields is just going to have a bad day. You know, Robert, we don't know what we're getting with Trey Lance. He could have just as bad of a day, even though the bears defense isn't what they used to be. I mean, Trey Lance, I could, could easily throw some pick sixes, you know, in the few games we saw him last year, you know, he he showed some flashes of, of greatness. But then again, he would overthrow a lot of his men. He met a lot of his guys come back for the ball. You know, his accuracy issue is a question mark. So I think I'm right with you. You know, stay away from this game unless you really have a feel either way. But I'm going to lean with San Fran. Are you going you're going with Chicago? I, I go, Yeah. If, if I had them do a lean here, I mean, I, it's rare that I would back. Uh, in Chicago, but catching seven just seems a little bit too much. Yeah, and no, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, th- this is a game when I saw the number, I was like, oh, man, I just don't have a good feel either way. But I will go with the team that I know has a good defense, that I know has playmakers. So, I'll, you know, I hate swallowing. You know, I hate, I hate you know, laying seven points, but especially to, you know, with a team on the road. But I'll take a chance with this one. So, Let's move on to two other teams, one that we don't like, which is the Falcons, which probably will compete with the Bears for the worst record in the league this year. And we got the Saints, who a lot of people are really high on. What are we looking at, Robert, for this spread and the total? Correct, exactly. Atlanta, it's it's been pretty much disassembled, uh, and they're you know looking to rebuild into their the new phase of what their franchise is going to look like for years to come. So with that said, New Orleans on the road, a five and a half point favorite with a total set to 42 and a half, Allie. Yeah, this is just, the, you know what? 
I know you're higher on New Orleans than I am. And, you know, if this if I saw a few games out of New Orleans, this might be an easy pick for me. But I don't know what I'm getting yet with Jameis Winston returning from injury. I don't know what I'm getting yet with Michael Thomas returning from injury. Atlanta's at home. They still have a decent defense. I like the under on this one, and I'm going to take the points with Atlanta. What about you? I actually will look at a few things that I saw that I really enjoyed seeing during the preseason, and that's some real pop to the uh, offense that the Saints have. And uh, any concerns that we had uh, some weeks ago about uh, Alvin Kamara being suspended, well, that's definitely definitely not going to happen for week one. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to have a very, very long season, uh, and and they're – they're going to be right there at the bottom, right next to Houston. I think Atlanta, uh, I think they're going to get outscored and, and ramp pretty, pretty quickly here. So I, I think the New Orleans Saints do cover the spread here, Alex. All right. Another one we disagree on. You know, I, I don't fault you on that because this was another game I just kind of like teetered back and forth on. But again, week one, I don't know what I'm getting on either team yet. I This is a division game. I think that's the difference between looking at Chicago and San Fran and New Orleans and Atlanta is when it's a division matchup, I tend to side with the points, just especially if a team's a home underdog, just because it is a division rivalry game. So, you know, I, again, I don't have a good feel on this one either way. I don't think you'd go wrong with either pick, but I'm going to side with Atlanta. So let's move on to probably a game that I really just don't have an interest in, and that is the the Jaguars and the Commanders week one. Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here? We're looking at a, a really huge, huge line move again on this one, where Washington was a, a four-point favorite. Uh, in came a huge uh, groundswell of money on Jacksonville. So now Washington, less than a field goal. So two-and-a-half-point favorite, total set to 44. Yeah, and I'm glad in my pick and pull that our spread locked at three-and-a-half yesterday because I jumped all over Jacksonville on this one. I don't know what it is. Every game that Washington plays, I just it doesn't. They could play the Bucks, and I just never have an interest in it. It's something about Washington. Uh-huh. But but anyway, yeah. I mean, I I like the Jacksonville Jaguars a lot here in this situation. You know, on paper, Carson Wentz and the Commanders look like they have a solid offense. You know, they have Terry McLaurin, they have Antonio Gibson, they got their you know new highly touted wide receiver Doxon who who's been turning a lot of heads but as much as I don't really like either team again that three and a half is what in my pool put me over the edge to take the Jacksonville Jaguars if I had to take Jacksonville at plus two and a half I would probably still take Jacksonville so I'm gonna go with the points on this on this one how about you Robert I I must take the points without a doubt uh this morning they announced Chase Young's going to go to the pup list. Yep. That's going to knock him out for about a month, and that's enough for me to take the points uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars this uh, week one. Yeah, and let's just put it out there. I think Washington has one of the worst defenses in the a- in the NFC, and you take out Chase Young, who's probably their like lone star in that one, and I just – this is going to be a long season, I think, for Washington's defense. I think that, you know – Carson Wentz and his squad are going to have to put up a ton of points, and I just don't see them doing that. So we'll move on since both of us agree on that one. And let's go to this next game, which I should have put it on my list of most mar- of marquee games because 
this is probably one of my favorite plays this week. And that's Detroit getting, I believe, four points against Philly. Is that what the spread is now, Robert? Right, exactly. Ed, I had uh, the Eagles as a three and a half point favorite. It actually moved. I'm going to guess here in your favor, Allie. Eagles four in the total 48 and a half. Yeah, I, I I love the Lions in this one. This is we talked a few weeks ago, you know, when we were previewing both the Eagles and the Lions. I I think the Lions are very underrated this season. I think that they have they're gonna have an explosive offense. I think the Eagles are a bit overrated this season. And in this matchup, maybe it would be different if it was in Philadelphia, but it's in Detroit. They're gonna have their home crowd around them. They're gonna be playing in a dome. I, I think this is going to be a game that's just going to go back and forth all game. And I'm going to take the points with the home team. This is this is one of my favorite plays of the week. How about you? I wasn't going to lean with you. I'll take the four at home with Detroit. I'm not as uh, big. This one doesn't seem to have as much of a disparity based on the point spreads that are being set. But I do think that the four points is a, a nice, comfortable number to have at home against an uh, Eagles team that's been retooled. Uh, I'm not quite sure how they're going to uh, gel when everything goes live in week one and we're out of preseason. So uh, plus four for me as well. All right, let's move on to Baltimore and the Jets. Jets, I believe they're still not sure it's if Dak Wilson's going to play. So it looks like Joe Flacco's going to play. What are we looking at for the odds here? Right, exactly. And so that this number was five and a half to six, and now we're a solid seven for the Ravens. The total set to 44 and a half. I don't think we see Zach Wilson. I really don't. Uh, and, and it is going to be Joe Flacco at home for the uh, Jets' first game of the season playing in New Jersey. I, I think that the seven does seem like a good number. Uh, and right now we're having more tickets being laid on the Ravens than the Jets to the tune of about 60-40, Alley. Yeah, this to me is a trap. Like This is one of the games where I think everyone's going to be looking at the Ravens and just see, you know, money in the bank right there. But, you know, you know, for the Jets, with with all their question marks, you know, it is in New York. Lamar Jackson is coming back from injury with, for the Ravens. So are the a lot of the Ravens defensive guys. So this is this is a game where, you know, I believe me, I think the Ravens are a much superior squad. But I think week one, the Jets could somehow find a way to cover. What about you? I, I would agree as well. Uh, you know, again, it's. Just because it's it's no Zach Wilson doesn't mean that the rest of the team isn't healthy. Uh, and all things, you know, uh, laying itself out, Allie, I, I think the seven at home, uh, are, again, a really nice spot to grab no matter who the quarterback is for the Jets. Yep, correct. So let's move on to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. What are we looking at for this one, Robert? So Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bengals are going to be a six and a half point favorite. Uh, with the total set to 44 and a half. Now that we know that Mitch Trubisky is the starting quarterback. Yeah. Th- so this is one that I w- looked at the spread and I just didn't have a good feel either way. You know, I love Cincinnati. I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. You know, he, he, he still, you know, he had appendectomy surgery over the off season and he lost like 20 pounds, I think. So I don't know if I'm getting Burrow hundred percent to start the season, that said, I can't side with Mitch Trubisky on the road. So I'm going to have to lay the six and a half points and take the Bengals. What about you? I actually love the points here. Uh, okay. Let me, get, let me get all of those six and a half uh, in a neutral field. I don't think that there's, well, maybe we're just discounting Trubisky a little bit too much. 
I, I honestly think that the six and a half is going to be, an, I think the Bengals win, right? I just don't think they cover. So that's the easiest way for me to describe exactly how we have it. Our ticket count is obviously heavy towards Cincinnati. Right. Uh, it's just, you know, the favorite, it's a Super Bowl contender. And that's exactly how that laid itself out. But I think that six and a half uh, looks like a pretty good number to me. Listen, I'll, I'll lay it out there. You know, I, I want our listeners to know I'm not for, you know, even though I'm, I'm slightly toward the Bengals right now, I could easily change my mind before game time because I don't know if Burrow's 100%. You know, looking at Mitch Trubisky, again, you know, I just can't give him six and a half points, you know, or I just can't lay six and a half points with Joe Burrow to Mitch Trubisky right off the bat. I don't be surprised, Robert, if before game time I switch my pick because there's a very strong possibility. Again, this is a division rivalry game. You know, even though, like you said, it's in Cincinnati, it's not too far from Pittsburgh. There's going to be a lot of Steelers fans there. So, you know, I don't think you're wrong to side with the Steelers right now, but I will let you know later in this week if I change my pick. But there's a strong possibility I could. So that's why, you know, quick side note to our betters. You know, don't, you know, unless you're too confident about something, you know, wait till the end of the week to lock in a pick because a lot can happen between now and Sunday. Am I right, Robert? You're a hundred percent right. Yep. So let's move on. We have two more games before I want to get in the survivor picks real quick. Let's go with Kansas city and Arizona. Now this is a line I've just been seeing all different types of numbers. So what are we looking at right now, Robert? Exactly. This game literally hours ago had uh, Kansas city as a four and a half point favorite it's jumped since then, and the Chiefs right now are a solid six everywhere in Arizona. The total set to 53 and a half. Yeah, this is just, you know, it's crazy because my one pick'em league, it's Kansas City minus six and a half. And then my one that locked yesterday, it's Arizona plus two and a half. So I might have two different picks compared to the spread. But six and a half, oh, that's a lot of points to get to, to lay for a visiting team, Robert. You know, I know that Arizona has its own flaws, but you know, when, you know, you made a good point last week when we talked about Cliff Kingsbury and he's one of the most brilliant minded coaches in the game. So I think if you, if you're going to disrespect him and say that the Arizona Cardinals are six and a half point favorites at home, I mean, I got to side with the Cardinals here. I'm not going to disagree with you for even one second. Arizona is just one of those, you know, middle of the road franchises right now with all things being considered the roster being built the way it is the injury report looking how it is, especially for week one. Uh, but again, Kansas city uh, laying six on the road. Not, I, I, I can't find myself laying that six. So uh, I would lean toward plus six with the Arizona Cardinals alley. Yeah. I'm right with you on that one. So let's go to the last game, Monday night game. Russell Wilson and the Broncos, they go to visit Seattle. What are we looking at the spread here? Denver has jumped by a point, uh, some places point and a half. They're now a six or six and a half point favorite in Seattle with a total set to 44, Allie. Yeah, this is this is just a game, you know, my again, my one pick and pool, I get four and a half. My other pick and pool, I lay six and a half. I don't think that the number is is wrong either way. I think Denver, even though it's in Seattle, I think Russell Wilson comes to town with his new team. And I just, I don't, you know, I look at Russell Wilson versus Geno Smith, and I just don't even think this game's going to be close. What about you, Robert? Seattle is really, really built. I mean, we talked about Atlanta rebuilding. 
I think Seattle's captured the crown on you know the rebuilding title for this year. Uh, they'll need a lot of help. Um, not really having that much faith in, in seeing whatever Geno Smith's going to do in the first month of the season. I don't think he's going to make it out of the first month of the season, to tell you the truth. Um, no, no. Maybe, possibly, a backdoor cover here. If, if I, I really, I mean, I'm a pass on this game, uh, but if I have to. All right, if it's six and a half, I'll take the six and a half. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it's it's this is a game I won't be betting at all. For my pick and purposes, I just there's nothing in me that could even side with Geno Smith at home. You know, maybe if it was a different team, maybe if it was Denver without Russell Wilson, that's a different story. But Russell Wilson knows this team better than anyone. I think he's going to, you know, come up. He's going to carve his 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 old team up They're They're much weaker on defense. They lost Bobby Wagner in the offseason. So, I mean, I just think that unfortunately for Pete Carroll, this might be his last season coaching the team. But. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the points and go with Denver. So before we we uh, wrap up, we have a few minutes left, but let's talk about some survivor pool picks. So Robert, give me your three favorite survivor pool picks for this week. I would probably lean towards the Colts, mm-hmm. followed by the Denver Broncos. And my number one selection, which is not going to be the most popular selection uh, because it's a road team and it's a division team, I'd be picking the New Orleans Saints for the uh, opening bell of, of any survivor pool alley. Okay, yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. In in my blog that I wrote uh, the other day, the the Colts were one of my top ones. I definitely like the Colts. I think that even though they might not cover, they'll beat the Texans. Denver was right there at number two. I like them over Seattle. I actually picked the Ravens over the Jets as well. I think that, you know, even if the Jets cover, I don't think that they'll beat the Ravens. So I like the Ravens there. And I'm going to go 49ers over the Bears. I think that, you know, again, we don't know what we're going to get with Trey Lance this year. You know, I think that he has an opportunity to beat up on one of the worst teams in the league. So this might be the week to grab San Francisco. I, you know, there's a good chance that they're just going to be a mediocre team from here on in. So this might be your best shot to, to cash in this week. It's a very good point with Sam, you know, again, as you mentioned, who knows, you know, uh, week one, we're going to know an awful lot more from Trey Lance and see exactly uh, how much control he has over the offense. And if it's even going to make any difference, Uh, maybe it's just going to be an elementary game for the Niners and they're going to win, you know, irregardless of how well you know Lance performs just because it's the Bears uh but there's not going to be there'll be opportunities for San Francisco in and and to select them the rest of the year much like they're you know they're hosting Seattle in week number two uh you know but there's there's not many other options that you could see so uh the future value is something that I'm going to be harping on Uh, most of these episodes when it comes to a survival pool and uh you know, for me, that's kind of why I'd, I'd be leaning on the Saints because I, I really don't see them as a big favorite really anywhere else other than in week five when they host Seattle. Uh, not to pick on my uh, my friends and the Seattle Seahawks, but it looks like they're going to be uh, picked on quite a bit in most Survivor Bowl Valley. Yeah, I'll even throw in the Panthers there. I mean, I know you like the Browns, but I mean, I just I love the Panthers so much this week. Should you take a shot on them? Maybe week one of your survivor pool? Probably not, but I don't think 
that it would be a bad pick if you want to take a shot at, you know, doing a team again that we might not see more than mediocrity out of. Because, you know, strategically speaking, you got, you know, you got to save some of your best team. You, you either you go, go two ways. You either go with the best teams early in the year and then, you know, just try to make it out the first few weeks or you try to take teams like the Niners, like maybe the Panthers that, you know, they there might not be that good the rest of the season and this is your best shot to take them. So however you approach it, I know I in my survivor pool, I picked the Broncos. That's the team I'm going to side with this, this week. So that's my play. But unfortunately, we are all out of time for today. I'm going to be on the podcast again this week with Jacob Schrader. We're going to do some fantasy week one, start them and sit them. But Robert and I will be back on Monday. We're going to recap all the lines. We're going to talk a little more about week one and give our recaps along with Monday Night Football. So this is an exciting time of year, Robert. Boy, oh boy, is it. Thank you so much for for the time. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing how week one plays itself out. It's going to be an incredible, incredible weekend. Yeah, good luck, everyone, with your picks. Uh, You know, hopefully you survive week one of your survivor pool. I know there's always going to be those two teams that everyone picks that knocks them off. So that's a warning for all you guys that want to side against my New York Giants. (laughs) (laughs) But we hope you enjoyed the episode and let's go football. Here we go. Take care.